the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. The <laughs> Worldview Media Podcast. You said Back come to life. <laughs> in your life. <laughs> On this President's Day 2018. Welcome to our Worldview Media Podcast studios. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Gordon Runyon. This is my wife, Joyce Runyon. Hello. And before we get started talking about the movie Priceless, which we just saw via Amazon Prime, we have a special treat. Oh, no. (laughs) The last, as of this recording, the last movie that was part of a Worldview Media podcast was Hostels. And on the line right now, we have... (laughs) The star of Hostels, Christian Bale. I can hardly believe it. How did you manage that? I know it's hard to believe, but apparently he's a regular Worldview Media podcast listener. Loves the show. Hmm. A man of taste. Right. Was willing to call in. And so let's welcome Christian Bale. And and Mr. Bale, thanks so much for being on the program with us. And I just want to get to the meat of the issue right away and ask if you have any uh, recommendations for hair care products for men <laughs> based on that awesome handlebar mustache that you had in the movie Hostels. Mr. Bale? Uh-huh. Hello? Oh, did we... Did we lose them? Uh, No, technology is not your friend. Sounds like we got cut off. (laughs) I'm sure he'll. Mm. I'm sure he'll call back. the The promotional run you get from being on Worldview Media podcast is not something these stars like to turn down. So that's right. I'm sure his publicist will be contacting us again. Call us back, Mister Bale. All right. Well, it's hard to recover from something like that. Yeah, it's kind kind of a letdown. I don't know. I don't know. Man, he was Batman and everything. But we'll try to soldier on here. And we have the movie Priceless 2016 from a small independent studio. Joyce and I just watched it on, like I say, Amazon Prime and... I confess it was surprising to me. I knew nothing of the show mm-hmm. before we watched it. It had good reviews on... Uh, right, four out of five stars, or four and a half out of five yeah. stars on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, from viewers. Yeah. The people oh. who watch right. movies. <laughs> Less well-reviewed from professional critics in yeah. New York and Hollywood. But, uh, so I didn't... I didn't know until partway through the show that there's some kind of faith theme in mm-hmm. the in the whole thing. I don't think it would be strictly right to say it was a Christian movie. Yeah. Because nothing explicitly Christian was ever really yeah. mentioned, except for a reference to the cross at a couple of times. But 
but not the biblical cross, like a cross on a necklace. And, yeah. And then relating that to God somehow. Good faith. And so, yeah. Uh, there was, there was some God talk and talk about faith and stuff like that. It, but like I say, probably not explicitly Christian. And to be honest, I think that if I had heard before we watched it that it was that kind of movie. Yeah. You wouldn't have wanted to see I it. I probably wouldn't have watched it just because <laughs> I cannot stand contemporary Christian music, mm -hmm. generally speaking. Yeah. And the so-called quote-unquote Christian movies that I've seen recently, like, uh, what is it? I don't even know the names anymore. Fireproof yeah. or, or something like that. I've wanted to run screaming into the night. And, it, <laughs> and uh, so I was pleasantly surprised. I got to just say, just based on its own merits, it was obviously kind of, it wasn't a multi-billion dollar budget. Yeah, it was a lower budget. Kind of a low-key yeah. sort of production thing filmed in... Albuquerque, New Mexico, by the way. I wonder if some of the scenery looked uh, a little familiar. Some of the signposts along the way. <laughs> right. And so it was It was obviously done independently and without a lot of the tricks and, mm -hmm. and flashiness and stuff like that. Yeah, the big booms and bangs and car chases. and Right. But I really felt that without without allowing themselves to do all the cussing and the nudity and stuff that a mm. movie like this probably would have had if it had been done by a big studio. Yeah. That they still managed to develop some intensity and some emotional content. And, and uh, frankly, I liked it. Yeah. I know it wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about some things that I didn't like so much about it, but let's hear from you. Well, I wondered, having read some of the reviews on um, Amazon about it, I said, hmm, perhaps maybe this is something a little bit more faith-based than your average movie. And I also wondered why I hadn't really heard anything about this movie. And, you know, it being an independent film, maybe that makes a little bit more sense. But still, there's some independent movies that kind of crack the, the glass ceiling and make it through and uh, people find out about it and, and go, but, um, it, it was, there's a lot of monologuing that goes on in it, yeah, but it works and it kind of fits and it, it brings you along with the story. And so I, I think that's necessary for yeah. them just to move yeah. things along quicker. And, um, I was really surprised that even though it was, um, wasn't a big, huge budget type of deal. And you can tell that, but it was still done well. And um, the storyline was good. Uh, I think it's something that is actually happening in our society. Based on a true story, apparently. And so, you know, this is real, yeah. that this is going on. And unfortunately, it looks well, like it's going on through our state. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that just a little bit. That... Uh, what is the plot of the movie? You have the main character named James Stevens, played by an Australian singer. <laughs> nice. Who managed to sound perfectly American, to me at least. Yeah, he didn't sound like a foreigner. <laughs> and we should get him on the phone. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> well, from Australia, he might drop out just like Christian Bale did. 
But uh, anyway, he plays a man who was recently widowed and had a rough time getting over the death of his wife, couldn't hold a job, was messing up, wound up kind of losing custody of his daughter. Mm-hmm. To, his, to the grandmother. To his own mom. Yeah. yeah but still, was kind of he placed, doesn't have yeah. custody. She was placed in her The government care. allowed him yeah. to place her there. But then he takes a job for quick cash, driving a box truck kind of across the country yeah. overnight. And he doesn't want to know. He's not supposed to ask any questions yeah. about what he's hauling. And he's and, okay with that. He just as long as it's yeah. not drugs. I mean, right. Whatever. Turns out it was worse than drugs, though. It's too sisters from Mexico and they have been apparently tricked into coming to America to work off a debt that their father owed to somebody. And was it a debt for them to come over? Was it a debt for, I wasn't really sure. I know there was a debt. I'm not clear on how it was accrued, but was it that they paid like one of those coyote guys to bring them over and, and now they're having to work to repay it. I don't know how that works out, but they came with the intention of being like waitresses or knowing that they were going to be or, working. Yeah. Yeah. And perfectly willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And so they're in the back of this truck and it becomes apparent pretty quickly that it's really a sex slave human trafficking mm-hmm. ring. And so James winds up delivering the girls probably too late to really it, maybe he was a little naive. He didn't know what was going on, but he realizes it after they're already in the custody of the man who paid him. And and then pangs of conscience or whatever, he decides he can't let it go with that and has to figure out a way to try to reverse this and mm-hmm. try to get them out of the hands of these bad guys. And so hilarity ensues as they... <laughs> As he tries to figure all this out. He makes a friend who can maybe help him. And he's pretty soon he finds himself being chased down, not just by the bad guys who are enslaving these women, yeah, but also guys. by at least one member of local law enforcement who who's in on, in on it. Mm-hmm. And Imagine. So, yeah. And so it's pretty tense that way. It really is. I feel like they do a good job of, of, just showing the seediness and the griminess. Well, I say that, but I don't know. I imagine it's worse than yeah. whatever they showed, you know. And but, but for cinema, I felt like they did a decent job. Yeah. Oh, well, and I think sometimes movies tend to be graphic just because they can. Yeah, and this know. one was not. Yeah, and so and it wasn't. Um, it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Right. We have a sleeping cat having a bad dream over on the pillow over here. I don't know if her muffled cries will make it onto the microphone. She is all right, so no, nothing to fear. Oh boy! The things that happen in our studio <laughs> only after we hit record. <laughs> Okay, so that's kind of what I liked. I I felt like they were able to tell a decent story and move the plot along. Mm -hmm. If if I'm being honest, there were a couple of points in the plot that I didn't think were so hot and good. Yeah. 
particularly when James runs into the other motel owner who happens to just for some reason, he happens to know all about this underbelly sort of world mm-hmm. and, and he's very willing to help him. And well, it seems like kind he's, of out of the blue. he's tried to do something about this himself, right. but the police haven't done anything about it. Right. And imagine why that would be because the head of yeah. the police is actually in on this. And so, well, I don't know if he's a head, but he was a guy. Well, he was, he was the sheriff officer. or someone. I thought he was. Um, I could be I wrong. Don't think he but, was a head. you know, there he is, the guy you're reporting to about there's this crime and going on. And, right. Oh, well, we'll see what we can do. Now, you mentioned the monologuing, and there was a little bit of that where they're trying to get a more explicit faith message across where you have characters talking about whether they believe in God or don't or whatever. And I don't know if you know this. I've written a couple of novels. (laughs) What? (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) And, and one of them I meant to be explicitly Christian and one is less so and less explicit. That is. And, and I did notice in both of those that if you're, there is something really hard about writing that kind of monologue, and you almost have to do it. Yeah. At some point, you know, just to kind of help things along, help your and reader out. It's tough out. to do. It's tough to do. Generally, if you think about it, the times that you really get involved in a serious discussion of faith with somebody that doesn't believe generally the way that conversation goes is probably not good for television or in terms of, (laughs) you know, most of us, when we are sharing our faith, we walk away from that, that situation thinking, man, I tubed that. I sounded like an idiot. Yeah. I should have said this and I didn't do it. And, (laughs) and, And the thing I did say, I never say that, and it's just stupid. And yeah. What was I thinking? I wasn't thinking. And so it's really hard to write something that feels mm-hmm. authentic to a person who has actually had those kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. And that said, this was not the worst instance of that that I think I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they did as bad as I was. You know, I could see those... You could see, I him, could coming see him coming. <laughs> Here comes the conversation, and I'm cringing, and I'm just anticipating the worst, and it was never the worst. Now, like I say, it wasn't explicitly Christian, mm-hmm. but, and I'm sure there are people who get upset about that, but from the jump, this podcast has been about getting making the point that yeah, it doesn't really need to be explicitly Christian. You just need to... You just need to create a story that contains a gospel sort of worldview. And, mm-hmm. and that's that in itself is God honoring and it tells a real story and stuff like that. So as far as that goes, I think the movie accomplished that. Purists will be upset that the, you know, the <laughs> gospel wasn't explicit there. Yeah. And so it ends up that James winds up kind of being personally reformed through the whole thing. And apparently it's not stated, but apparently also through faith 
and he becomes a different person and Mm -hmm. a better person. And at the end, we see him actually involved in a ministry to Mm -hmm. prostitution or not to prostitution. It's not ministering to prostitution, (laughs) ministering to girls that are kind of stuck in this same sort of situation. Yeah. And, and so, you know, all that's based on a true story apparently. So good for him. And that's all good. So overall, you liked the movie, or how's it? Yeah, I liked it. I would probably give it a B, just because you know they they kind of missed some some points, like you were saying in talking about the gospel and what that means. I think they did they did a, a, an adequate job, but I think some of the you know the hotel owner, the getaway cars. I've got all these vehicles here. I mean, there was just a lot of convenience that was maybe a little too convenient. Right. Yeah. And so it's not a bad story. Right. There are some implausible points in the plot though. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'd give it the same. I'd give it a B, maybe a B plus. Yeah. But if you told me before in hand that it was a faith-based movie, <laughs> I was thinking the ceiling was probably a C minus. You know, so this is this is good. It was better than I expected it to be. Yeah, and you know, I've kind of been wanting to do uh, a review on some material that's more in line with a, a proper worldview, and so uh-huh. it's kind of fun that we stumbled into this one because. I wasn't really sure, but then as we're going in and it's talking about all the studios and there's something about for King and Country and there's this little <laughs> yeah. radiate place and I'm thinking this could be it. <laughs> and and they did a, a, a fair job. You know, they really did a pretty good job with all that. Yeah, exactly. In tackling a current today subject that is, it's happening. Yeah, that's right. All right, you ready to take our break and move on? We'll see if anybody else calls in. (laughs) (laughs) Call us, (laughs) Mr. Bell. (laughs) The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com.
And we're back on Worldview Media Podcast. No big stars have called in over the break. It's kind of disappointing. What well, was a quick break? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're all listening to us. They've all got our number. Mm. I know that's. For I think sure. they've got your number. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got your number. All right. That is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to talking about kind of thematic or worldview issues here in the movie Priceless. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I think when it opens up, it's talking about paths that we travel and how we're getting places. And and I think people tend to not think about the path that they're on. You know, many of us, we live in our homes, we go back and forth to work, everything seems very self-contained and like we're going nowhere, so to speak. You know, we're just here in our hometowns doing whatever it is we do, but really everybody is on a path. And um, then it brings me back to scripture about there's a wide way and there's a narrow way and and to, to be intentional on which road you're on and how you're traveling and interacting with the people that come along your path as yeah. you're going. You know, this guy was just doing his job. And so many of us, we just go in and we just do our job. And we maybe don't interact with the person that's there doing the job with us and, and sharing these things. Or being open to when they say something, to say, hey, you know what? Have you thought about this? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and he kind of talks about how his path was changed and altered and he had no idea that this was going to happen that this was coming up and yet you know here it is what do you do now yeah right yeah i think that's right they do go back to that a couple of times the idea of your life is an unfolding story Mm -hmm. and then it starts out that way like the the star's inner monologue is about this is the next chapter you know i don't know where this is going and Mm -hmm. but this is my story and and then at the end of the movie it kind of comes back around and somebody says the good news is there's an author to those stories who has a design yeah it's not us and uh so that was a neat kind of call back once they got there to come back and pick that theme up again yeah so that was interesting it sure was now the major the major evil in this movie is like we mentioned uh human trafficking uh which really that's kind of a it's kind of an antiseptic name for it it really winds up being sexual slavery Mm. is what it is yeah and uh based almost completely on kidnapping yeah. And so everybody involved in it is liable to the death penalty or should be. Yeah. These are people who should be captured as soon as possible and put to death with alacrity. Yeah. And I thought what was interesting too is that it wasn't just these scummy, pervy bad guys who were kidnapping, but there were women inside the organization who were facilitating the whole thing too. And and although they had at one point been victims, now they're part of the organization and they're yeah. going to make sure these girls act right and stuff like that. And they, too, uh, should be taken out and shot or stoned or whatever. And, yeah, and, uh, they're just as guilty. That was 
that was actually one part of the movie that I didn't like is that when it gets to the resolution, I don't know if they were just being honest with the way this worked out in real life. I don't know if uh, in real life, if the criminals were ever caught or something, but the biggest hint that we ever have that the bad guys got what was coming to them is we see them being handcuffed and carted away. You know, we're, we never hear anymore. Yeah. What them. the end of their story is when, if you've done any reading or any investigation into what happens in the United States in terms of the sexual slavery, there's no reason to think that once they got in handcuffs that that means that justice will be done. Mm-hmm. Because this thing goes all the way to the upper echelons of American government. I'm convinced. Now, as a disclaimer, I'll say I'm a sucker for a good conspiracy theory. <laughs> and, uh, yes. I don't believe every conspiracy theory I've ever heard, but the ones that I don't believe, it's through a force of will that I decide (laughs) not to believe them. But that's a little bit too much. (laughs) Right. But I believe this one. I think that, I think that it goes to upper levels of, of, I think people that are actively involved in international sexual slavery and the smuggling of kidnapped children for that purpose. I believe that's a worldwide conspiracy that involves governments and it involves police organizations mm-hmm. and and judges and entertainment figures and high ups in denominational church structures. I think this is everywhere. I, I don't even think we've hit the tip of the iceberg for most people in saying how deep this thing goes. And as an abolitionist involved uh, with regard to abortion, this is another thing that the church needs to get awake and serious about. We need to abol- we need to abolish this, the sexual slavery that we call human trafficking. And, yeah. And the death penalty needs to be liberally applied to the people who are involved in this. I can think of a few things more disgusting uh, that get my anger up more. Mm-hmm than this topic. And the more I read about it and try to figure out what's going on, the angrier it makes me. It's like abortion in that. It's the it's in the same field. Yeah. If you think of it if you think of sin in America mm-hmm. and what needs to be uh reconstructed in America, if you think of that all as a tree, abortion and human trafficking are two giant branches that are running parallel and side by side with each other. And, and uh, th- there are places where they're almost dependent on each other. And we need to be abolitionists with regard to the entire tree and not just with one branch yeah. or another. Well, and I think another interesting thing with the movie is that it seemed as this little U-Haul was traveling across yeah. that there were people along the way who were like, well, what are you hauling? Yeah, some people seem to know. That right. something that was up with that. And so long as he didn't know what was back there, you know, he was fine with it, too. Yeah. And so I think that there probably are more people that are aware of things that are unusual and that don't look quite right. Yeah. That, you know, you need to do something. Right. Well, there's there's an instance that happened to me at work that bugs me to this day, and it's been years ago. But... uh in my day job, I'm a letter carrier for the post office, and and uh, one one day I was delivering mail to a truck stop here in town, and 
I always go in the door from the place where the big trucks park. It's not the place where all the cars come in. And so I'm coming in and out with the drivers themselves. And it just struck me as odd one time that I walked in to deliver the mail and walking out past me was kind of a middle-aged guy and and he's holding hands with a young girl. She's probably six or something like that. And she was looking down at the ground and didn't ever look up at anybody. And they just walked out and she wasn't struggling or anything. And, and I noticed the way they were holding hands and he wasn't really holding her hand. She was holding his. She had her hands wrapped around a couple of his fingers or one hand. But that really bugged me. And to this day, it kind of sticks in my mind. Was that was that weird? Or was there something going on there? Uh, I don't know. But I have a very active imagination. Yeah. And sometimes that does me bad in that I kind of dwell on stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. Stuff like that really bugs me. And maybe it's because I do read all this information, you know. And <laughs> yeah. so I'm seeing boogeymen behind every door and, and stuff like that. But I'm convinced it is way more prevalent than mm-hmm. we want to think about. And, and you know, the character in the story here, Dale, the guy that helps the hero, he said, well, I'd call the police for you if it would do any good. And he knew full well it wouldn't do any yeah. good. He had been through this before, mm-hmm. and he knew that there was no help to be found. And so I was disappointed with the way the story ended then that uh, there's no indication that anybody got what was coming to him. Yeah. You know, the girls that we were worried about specifically, they're free and everything's going well for them. Well, I think all the girls were taken out of the oh, living yeah, arrangement. in that particular place. Yeah. yeah, that they were all released. And, and then what does that mean? These yeah, were all undocumented right now what people and so what do we do with them and uh yeah yeah and meanwhile they've learned to trade <laughs> while they've right. been here so yeah. what do they go back to so um and maybe that's more of the b <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know it's not a, a satisfying conclusion to but is it not satisfying because they wrote it that way, or is it not satisfying because that's, that's the, reality. the way the actual story ended? Yeah, and, and it's probably more that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And let's see. As we're recording this, it hasn't been just a couple of days since the latest school shooting, the one that took place in Florida. Florida. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I wanted to bring up, and it's not really related, just kind of on a tangent here. But when we talk about the responsibility of the church and speaking to culture mm-hmm. even through entertainment like this, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook like I did, but as soon as the, as soon as the news of the shooting came, many people, of course, get online and talk about, please pray for the victims and their families and, mm-hmm. And we're praying for you, thoughts and prayers going out, you know, the way it goes on Facebook. Well, almost immediately, the liberals and the alt-left and all these groups are are really jumping on that and hating on it. Like, ah, stupid prayers, you know, and (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
that doesn't do any good. If you really cared, you wouldn't just pray you'd do gun control or something like that. Yeah. Because mm. Florida has no laws about how you get a <laughs> right. gun to begin with. Right. Yeah. My hot take on it is that the church, the church has set itself up for that reaction. And it's perfectly just for that reaction to hit us. Yeah. Because if all we do is say that we're praying. Yeah. And we don't insist on biblical justice, that murderers should be put to death and it should happen quickly. If we don't, if we don't yeah. insist no deals, on that no, and do it yeah. publicly, then the world has every right to say, oh, you just, when a bad thing happens, you just say you're praying and that lets you off the hook from ever, ever doing anything. Yeah. Well, the church needs to insist on the whole counsel of the word of God. Yeah, we want to pray for people who are hurting, but that can't be all we're doing. Well, and you know, God has an answer for all those things. Sure. About how we are supposed to deal with people in the right ways and deal with people who have done the wrong things to other people. That's right. And it's That's all right. there for a reason because we tend to do wrong things to other people. Right. So just as a, as an aside, you know, when people say, would you pray for me? Or if I say, let me pray for you or I'll be praying for you. I've just gotten into the habit of right then and there. Yeah. Pray for me. Yeah. Then. Let's. Yeah. And that way, you know that I am sincere and that I'm going to pray for you. And yeah. you know what I'm praying for you. It's not <laughs> right, like, right. well, she's probably sending up little smiley faces to God about me. And, <laughs> and, um, I just think it's better. That's a better way to do it. And it does give you an opportunity as you're praying out loud for someone. I know this sounds, uh, it sounds horrible, but it gives you an opportunity to preach to them a little bit while you're praying for them. And, there are a lot of people who hear that and I hate it when you're in a prayer meeting and somebody's, <laughs> somebody starts praying and it's, and it's obvious that what they're doing, they're not talking to God. They're telling you all about what the problem is mm. and telling you the story from the beginning of how this situation came to be. And that's part of the problem, <laughs> you know, and I hate yeah. that, but there is yeah. some precedence mm. in the gospels that several times when Jesus speaks aloud to God, he flat out says, I'm not saying this for my sake. I'm saying this for your sake who are listening to me. You know? yeah. And uh, so there's an appropriate amount of education that can be done even while you're praying for somebody, you know, and, and maybe the reason they're in a situation is because they need to repent and stop doing stupid things, yeah. you know, and, and maybe when you're praying for him, you can slip some of that in. You know? <laughs> Lord, let us see what we're doing. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Oh, one thing that I did like about it, then, and it and it kind of struck me as thematic. And I do like the fact that here's a film company and here's a bunch of people who got together and said, let's make a film that's honoring to God by really staying in the world that God made and talking about faith in a, in a manner that's honorable and real. Mm -hmm. Let's make that kind of movie. First of all, we need to be doing that. And yeah. that's kind of the whole reason we're doing this podcast <laughs> is to encourage that kind of thing. Yeah. But the other thing that I liked is that at the end of the movie, it shows this, the hero and his wife and they are, they're actively involved now. 
Mm-hmm. And so they've taken the tragedies and the the roller coaster ride that they've just been through, and now they're out doing the stuff. And they're not. They didn't create a fund. Yeah. You know, they haven't. They're they're. It didn't show them being in a church that's just sending money to an anti-sex slavery ministry or something like that. Yeah. They're actually out there doing it, and it was very. That was a very Christian Reconstructionist note there that God has moved you into this position and now you have some amount of familiarity with this problem that not everybody has. Yeah. And now maybe that gives you an open door and maybe you can use that for the sake of advancing the kingdom. And and it showed them doing that. And I thought that was pretty cool right at the end. It yeah. was a, kind of a Reconstructionist note there. <laughs> You know, because they didn't bust they were in. Out, uh, they didn't bust in. They were, they were dominionizing. <laughs> they were they weren't out there with guns busting in, and uh, you know they didn't. Their job was not to call the police on the on the prostitutes and stuff because they knew they couldn't trust them in the first place. And, yeah. But they're out there doing the work, and and to me, I thought that was really a neat note. Well, and ultimately, I think the movie's about. Um, value people have value regardless of what they look like or what situation that they're in they have value and we know that because jesus came and gave himself for us while we were sinners yeah and had no value yeah and priceless uh, i understand what they're saying by that you can't put a dollar amount on a human life i understand Mm -hmm. that but it's not really priceless Uh, because price is set by the amount that a buyer is willing to pay. And there was a price that was paid, and it was mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus Christ. So uh, priceless means we can't know, but we yeah. can know. And we can know what God thinks the price is. And so uh, that's just a preacher note there. That'll preach. Yeah. But sometimes if something is just too expensive, you kind of say, well... Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> that's priceless. We can't have that. <laughs> not for this family. <laughs> we can't have good things. <laughs> Just a kitty that has bad dreams. <laughs> but she woke up and seemed pretty happy, so. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're done here with the so movie. So surprisingly. Priceless. Yeah, go see it. Surprisingly. This is a couple of movies in a row that we've been surprised by hostels I think surprised us both yeah I was ready to endure the movie (laughs) (laughs) and this one was good too and a lot of it for kind of the same reasons willing to not have to be a summer action blockbuster yeah willing to concentrate on character well and actually getting a message across without yeah all the you know all the visual yeah yeah I don't know how much that movie cost. <laughs> it was probably still pricey. Yeah, just <laughs> but buying the cameras is yeah, a big deal. Yeah, all the locations, it. just the traveling. But you know, yep. you can you can say a lot. I believe so. We need to take this medium for the kingdom, for sure. And it doesn't have to be cheesy. <laughs> it doesn't have to be cheesy. That's right. Unless I'm involved, then it probably will be. Then there will be cheese. (laughs) (laughs) There will be cheese. (laughs) Mr. Bale, call us back. 
We'll have cheese. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit of wine. <laughs> wine. <laughs> All right. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Worldview Media Podcast. We'll talk at you next time. Bye. Go out. Dominionize. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.